Welcome everybody to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm here with David and Tracy. Ben is on assignment this week, but we are coming to you live and we're talking about a record from 2009 called Black Shabbos by the multi-instrumentalist Jamie Saft. How are we all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Juicy. Juicy. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a what usual. are you, Biggie Smalls? Biggie Smalls. I'm feeling juicy. Shomer fucking Shabbos. Well, uh, I'm feeling good because this is a new thing to me, and there's a lot to talk about, and it was thought candy in the worst possible way. Thought candy with razor blades. Uh, and I'm interested. That's to what you do with in thought candy. Uh, yes. No, I'm... I know the risks. Anyway, I am... How did those, how did those razor blades get in your candy? Oh, I think we know how. I think, <laughs> just be glad it, I think it was just, below Thar. No, remember? <laughs> it's, it's, just be glad it wasn't the fentanyl. Oy vey. So what, what are we doing? What do you know about what we're doing, Tracy? What so, do you know? As Gabe found, but surprisingly, this actually had a Wikipedia page. As much trouble as Gabe had trying to find, uh, trying uh, to find ways for us to yeah, listen to this. Yeah, Gabe wrote it. Duh. I know. I think. I think. I think <laughs> Jamie Soft is just Gabe's alter ego. I think it's just Gabe. Jamie Soft is just Gabe. I don't know what Gabe was doing in 2009. I lost track of him. Probably recording <laughs> this. Well done, by the way. Yeah. Um. But yep, this was recorded at Electric Point Studios in Brooklyn, New York. Has a runtime of 59 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, released on the label Stradic, T Z A D I K. That's right um producer is jamie soft um jamie soft is the guitarist bass vocals organ synthesizer and mellotron on here trevor dunn did bass on tracks two through seven mike pride and this is the drummers for the tracks uh mike pride did the tracks drums on tracks two seven bobby provite did track nine and dimitri shadunman did tracks four and eight um, additional vocals were provided by provided by Mr. Dorgon on track seven and Vanessa Soft on track eight. Uh, and this was his. It doesn't say. This says this I, is no, an album. It's, it's insane, Tracy, because he there's like concept albums and jazz albums. It, it's just it, the list is stunning. It's not the same world as what we're used to dealing with, which is why I would like Gabe to tell us why this. Not a dig. I'm just, it's an unconventional choice and took me to some weird places on Wikipedia. What, how did we get here? So I think I heard this album for the first time, maybe about 10 years ago or so, when I was first getting interested in metal and listening more to it. And I was exploring kind of connections between Jews, Judaism, and metal. And I encountered the Sadiq, uh, the Sadiq label from listening to John Zorn and these other experimental bands um, in his orbit who were contributing to what was called a radical Jewish culture back in the, the 90s and the 2000s. Um, and the reason I ended up putting this on the schedule was one, I thought it was an interesting record, but also um, we were supposed to record around Christmas. And uh, this is not to you know piss in anybody's punch bowl, but I, I wanted to put something out there that I associate with the history of organized religion, which is persecution and more specifically anti-Semitism. And so what this album does is it draws on, you know, metal subgenres to address and kind of encapsulate in a musical way um, some pretty horrifying instances of this historical anti-Jewish persecution. Um, so that was essentially the the reason why. Uh, I thought it might be interesting for you all too. Go ahead, David. Let me collect my thoughts. Because you have a much more learned part of conversation added to this than I did. Uh, I did not know him nor this project and didn't read about it. I just listened to it. And I was like, what is happening? But, you know, uh, the track names tell quite the story. Um, I like things like ministry. <laughs> So I'm really curious how this went over with Tracy because connect the goddamn dots and like sounds horrifying soundscapes like that's a thing that I can I can sort of get behind and overlaps with some of the music I like perhaps in consistency inconsistently because it's not fast but um you know and I 
my opinion of one human operations has maybe refined somewhat. I still think you lose something when you don't bounce ideas off other people. Um, but that being said, um, maybe it's the style of music that he's playing. It didn't come off as pretentious as some of what we do, and I'm not going to name names. They're usually Tracy albums. Anyway, where one guy's like, I'm every instrument, and this is my 36 albums since the pandemic started. Anyway, this was, uh, I think, much more thought out and intellectual and and I agree with something that Gabe said earlier that may or may not make it in the final cut about the sort of seeming noise of this album is taking you somewhere in a way that maybe like a 15 minute track on a stoner album isn't, but um, enormous amount of thought went into this album. And I would argue as Ben does, his not surprisingly thinks some of the same things I do. Uh, you know, if anything, this is more relevant. It was never irrelevant, sadly, in the last 2,000 years. But I feel like it's even more relevant now than 13 years ago, 14 years ago. My God, the arc. Not that things were, you know, going great in 2009 in the score, but holy shit. He wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, none of the people who live through the things that this makes reference to would be surprised, I guess, ultimately by that. That it that no, it's not gone. That it's like this recurring thing that just I don't know what a toxic waste dump. Anyway, um, I I thought this was a, a thoughtful thing to have us listen to, even if not really a pleasant thing. But it's not supposed to be. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about the process of this album coming together because it is yeah. uh, the brainchild of um, Jamie Saf, but there's no telling. Uh, how much creative input his um, For sure. you know collaborators had. Um, I can't imagine that they didn't say anything. Uh, you know, especially the the people he worked with who have been on other exotic sort of productions. Got it. Um, that helps. But it does look a lot like a one man operation from the outside. One one problem is also maybe incorrectly. I just having read about a lot of production done since March of twenty. It has been really even more atomized in some ways, right? Like in some ways, that's the golden age for the guy who plays every instrument. Because we're recording, a, and I guess studio time and all that's happening. But for a good while, as you know, people were like recording separate channels and albums apart, and they were stitching them together. I mean, that was, and there was always some of that, the postal service, but that wasn't the way that usually bands made music. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, he, I think here this is before that era. And and I was saying it actually not as a dig. I think he's far less, or this comes across way less self-absorbed, and if you'll forgive me, wanky, than some of the... I love you, Devin Townsend, but seriously. Mm-hmm. Again, Tracy's like, you know, I mean... No, there are definitely moments where Devin Townsend can be... You should take a break, man. Self-certifying, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, self-serving. You know how I oh, love. Yeah, I Mike. think I may be too harsh as well. You love, you know, I love Mike Patton, but there are literally albums of him in a hotel, drunk, I'm sure, and high, just grunting into a four track. So, yeah. Sometimes people make this is not that. This and is. I feel like it's yeah. This is definitely not that. And kind of stay on track. So, I, the terrible student that I am, looked up nothing for this fucking album coming into it. Oh, well, that's fair. I I usually don't when I first listen to albums on purpose. Well, like even hearing it, like even after hearing it, like I'm just lazy and just don't look anything up because normally you guys bring information, and so <laughs> that's fair. Someone this, someone's gonna get someone's gonna know what this. So is. this album is just looking at the names, okay, and it's not a very heavy lyrical album, and so like I was like, okay, there's it's much more instrumental. There are some lyrics in some of these tracks, but some of these are not. I didn't hear you guys talk about it. And so I just kind of started Googling some of the album tracks. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So there is something I want to do with this particular album. I want to roll through the tracks and we want to and do the Bramstown game in the sense of, I don't want to guess what it is, but would like you guys to go in depth about what this is dealing with. Because I feel like that's needed to fully understand this album. Because just going and listening to this album as part of just to listen to it, it came across to me as a much more similar to portal experience and that sure. it's not an enjoyable just for the sake of not being enjoyable. But while looking up information that if we just go Google over some of these items and it's immediately, it's like, 
oh, that makes more sense and definitely changes perception of this album. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's totally right on. And I think um, it's worth saying something a little bit of something about like the style of this album, um, and to get an idea of like what the vibe is. Um, I would say that it's an experiment, and it's a mixture of some different stuff that, for maybe seasoned metalheads, wouldn't come across as authentic. But I think that the album isn't really going for that. It's not going for the authenticity, but rather for something creative and innovative. Um, you do see in the compositions, there's like a little bit of um, fusion of uh, East European or Mediterranean melodies with the like instrumentation and the style and the atmospherics of like death, doom, and black metal. Um, plus like maybe traditional heavy metal at times um so it's not really any one of those things it's like really a mixture um and it feels more like a vibe than it than it is sort of like a i don't know like like tracy was saying it's not very text heavy it's not no, it's but... hard to understand him at times so and i'm and i've got the decoder so, like, I've, I did not grow up, like, this album deals with instances that I did not grow up part of, like, in terms of the group that it these events affected. Like, I grew up in a very, I want to say, sheltered West Kentucky Christian household. So, like, and I don't even think there's... I had no actual like, Jewish friends growing up, or it didn't know anything. Me. Was in West, yeah, West Kentucky. It's one um, of the things that shocked me most, and is most different of the environment I came from, where Jews were always present. Like uh -huh. back to elementary school, Hanukkah was part of the curriculum because it had to be. My undergrad institution was a fourth Jewish, so yeah, that really shocked me. How I mean, obviously not historically, given things like you know. Grant calling them parasites and expropriating them and various other things that happened over here. So that's not great, by the way. Like, we live in a place that also has a history of this shit. Um, yeah, so, like, a lot of this stuff I didn't, I don't really know about. And a lot of what I've learned is from you, but that's still just a limited experience that I haven't, you know, decades of dealing with or my lifetime dealing with. So I think it, I think it would be interesting to discuss these songs individually in that sense. Sure. Yeah, well, we do tracks, so we can just do a rundown. There's only nine. Okay. But yeah, like, so it's very different. Like, <laughs> opinion of this album probably changed the flip of a dime in a matter of like minutes. Once, like, oh, 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 because I thought I'd hear this time, I thought, like, oh, Gabe picked an album that was kind of similar to Portal, but like, let's see how much I can push and test you and kind of push your boundaries and see, which is just musically instead of like without any conceptualization behind it is where i came into like thinking this album yeah hearing it. i don't know i don't know if it's experimental in quite the same way um but i would i would agree that there, there are some some tracks on here that are pretty extreme in terms of what they um what they demand of the listener are they all successful too. i would say no but um yeah but I think that's the risk you run if this is what you're going to do. Um, For sure. And, you know, like I said, like, you know, if you're a seasoned metalhead, you might think that this is like, it's, um, it's like posery or like, sure. you know, uh, dilettante. Appropriative. Kind of appropriative in a certain way. And yes, it is appropriative. Um, but that's because Jamie Soft isn't like part of a metal scene. You know, it's not, uh, he's not a metal musician per se. Um, can he play his instruments? For sure. Um, so I guess it's a matter of like, I guess, um, ca calibrating your expectations a little bit if you are going to, you know, go on this ride. I am sad how hard it is to access it. I feel like we should say something about that. Because I couldn't even, I was like, oh, why? I don't know why he didn't just give us the YouTube link. And it's not there. And I assume that's a rights thing. Um, 
it's not on Apple. You said it's not on Spotify, right? No, nope, it's not. Shit. Is any of the Tzadik stuff on streaming? I mean, I haven't really looked for it, but I... In any event, um, yeah, it is sad that it's hard to hard to get, hard to come by, that I had to buy it from someone online, essentially. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I mail-ordered it back in the day, too. Sure. So he's definitely doing it for the money, let's say that. Uh, he's doing other stuff for money, I'm sure. Well, Sadek is a nonprofit label. I mean, I right. think it's um, that's not really what they uh, set out to do. But at the same time, I think it, that's part of it. It just makes it difficult to get this stuff. It's like it wasn't even on Bandcamp, was it? No. No. So let me tell, let me tell you what Ben said in general terms about this album. Soft manages to invoke so many of the metal legends that I like on these tracks. I guess the Slayer and Black Sabbath with a few homages to Zach Wilde's guitar tone, which we know Ben likes. However, sonically, it is a bit scattered since the sources he's pulling from change from track to track, for sure. I saw the album called A Pastiche of Metal, which is fair. But let's be honest, the music is secondary on this, the importance of the message. A primal scream against anti-Semitism that is sadly more needed now than it was back in 09. Which I agree has been wholehearted on everything he said there. Should we do a rundown of what these tracks are and what they sound like or whatever? Yeah, that'd be so, fun. Let's do that. Um, Shomer Shabbos. All right. I gotta make, I gotta Shomer stretch. fucking Shabbos. Shomer fucking Shabbos. So, um, yeah, let's just go through them. Opening track, Trial of Libels. Uh, we were literally talking about this earlier. The Trail of Libels. It's a Trail, Western yeah. thing or country thing. But I assume it's also just, I mean, just the whole libel is used in a very specific context by yeah, Christians. Sure. When talk, that's that. It's that Oregon Trail meets, you know, good old fashioned. Or Trail, thing. it's Trail of Tears meets, um, yeah, indeed. One of those things. Well, look, I, I Googled the, Trail of Libels and it brought up like a map of the, where all the blood libel trials were conducted in Europe. Uh, <laughs> wow! So yeah, there's a like, there's a map. There's a map. I assume Google was for that. switching <laughs> and, the continents or the vowels. Or anything, it was but... a website that had done it, like a sure. nonprofit organization, and it showed like there are a, a lot list, of them. And it showed like a list of ones that were done. Like there's actual legal record we have of it happening. Yes, or the Holy Roman Empire was very very good at writing shit down in court cases. <laughs> and then there's a list of like where it's in the literature of the area, but we don't have anything like a sure. legal record showing that it happened. Oh, you mean when Bomberg was incinerated by fire bombers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Whose community had rebuilt itself and was destroyed twice. Regensburg's same. I mean, this heavy shit in Europe, obviously. Regensburg, the place I was just living in a vacuum of power between emperors early in the Reformation, decided since there was no emperor, this was their chance to destroy the largest Jewish community in pretty much all of Southern Germany, one of the largest in Germany, period. Uh, and they, because they owed them a bunch of money as well, and the town was, the economy was just tanking. So they gave them like a few hours to pack their shit and burned everything down and pulled down the synagogue with fucking ropes. And when they were doing that, one of the workers got crushed, but he didn't get crushed all the way. The Virgin Mary saved him. And so it turned into this insane, massive, like, Iowa 80 or Disneyland pilgrimage site to honor St. Dumbass, who had not died of being crushed by this falling object. He did, in fact, die, by the way, but they just, like, threw him away. And it was, like, the last mega pilgrimage site of the fucking Middle Ages, because then Luther pointed out it was stupid, and it, like, really tanks. But what the fuck? And that's the city I lived in. This happened two blocks from where I was living. And now there's, to their credit, uh, this mausoleum-ish white foundation thing that is the floor plan of the synagogue that they discovered when they were making a fucking parking deck in the 1980s. Like, oh, here it is. 
We thought, yeah, Lauren. Just, we thought it was under the church. I mean, dude, Nuremberg, same shit. My God, in Nuremberg, the Fraunkirche is the floor plan of the synagogue, man. You can fucking see it. The thing that's in all the pictures of the Christmas markets. No. And, the, and there is no signage at all. You know, 600 people yeah. fucking set a flame right at that spot. And, I mean, and they say nothing. There's a, I mean, this is a whole other discussion for another podcast, but there are some respects in which the um, memory culture uh, in Germany surrounding the Holocaust is a lot more advanced than, say, you know, North American you know, uh, memory culture surrounding uh, enslaved people and indigenous people and like all this stuff. Um, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, yeah, their memory culture for the soldier shit is sparse. It all got yeah. eclipsed by the disaster. Sure. And obviously Poland is in the mix here. I guess when we talk about Kielce, we'll talk about what's going on there. But yeah. So we've only gotten one track in. This is what you get, Tracy. Is... <laughs> I think it's needed. Uh, um, bl- blood. What's going on in blood? Do you have anything to say about musically what's happening in that first track? I don't know if you want to. I mean, the country western thing, of course, like we, like I was saying, the Trail of Tears. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's linking genocides and also like, you know, cowboys and Indians and like the glorification of that, right? Um, for sure. That's that's what I, it's eerie, you know. It is. It's some spooky shit. Spooky yeah. scary. So, blood? Blood. Very Slayer-ish sound. I know, I was into it. I mean, this is when he decided it was time for rips. And they come, fast and furious. I, I had got uh, possessed vibes. For sure. For sure. Now, and with with like the the brutal death metal vocals, yeah. And of course, you know, so much of the obsession of all of this is a metaphysical understanding of blood. It's the entire basis of Christianity is that. Anyway, we don't, again, another podcast, but well, the, and uh, the old whole idea of the blood libel was that you know um, this myth that Jews use the blood of Christian children to uh, put in their uh, matzah, which is eaten Passover. Um, if any child that. if any child disappeared close to Easter, the Jewish community in that place was fucked. It was just taken as axiomatic that, you know, obviously this community has snatched this child. When there were plenty of people who were searching children then that had as as Gordon reminds us that were not the Jewish community, they were, you know, aristocrats like Gilderay or the church. But it's all about blood. And it was the Spanish stuff with purity of blood, all the tests. So, and you know, yeah. it's all just it's a, it's like a metaphysical understanding of belonging and lineage. And I mean, it's 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 exclusion forever is what it implies. I mean, it's racialization before like race was an precisely one hundred percent. Yes, it's one of the OGs. Ugh. Um, serpent seed, more of that. Cross contamination. Yeah, both this one and the last one have like these sort of um, uh, like klezmer type musical figures, like this East yes. European folk kind of totally. um, figure to it, um, which is interesting. But very unsettling. Very, very unsettling. creepy. Um, Der Judenstein is one of the two tracks I think that really asks a lot of you. <laughs> uh, just in terms of, you know, it's I th- how you you already expressed an opinion, Gabe, and can say it for better than I, about where he was taking us with these, I don't want to call them noise tracks, but you know, soundscapes, we'll call them that. What's Yeah. I mean, we don't even have to like imagine too much about it i mean this is like an actual reference to a blood libel that happened and the music kind of it it gets droney and doomy around this like organ you know figure um and it's endlessly repetitive yeah um it's slow it's like brutal it's just um creepy uh to no end um and 
you know, it's it's taking you to the place that, you know, the quote unquote scene of the crime where like a, a, a crime was invented um, so that <laughs> Jews could be murdered, essentially. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of trip it is. Army girl. We've picked it up again. Musically, we're not. It's no longer noise. This song's almost catchy. I don't know. I wouldn't say it has a bunch of groove juice, but again, I guess it's all relative. It's it's like more '90s grunge than it is Sabbath. Totally, it has like this yes. blues organ sound. And... Yeah, which I'm obviously here for because of Clutch. <laughs> That's probably I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. What about what about you, Tracy? Is this the palate cleanser? <laughs> I, I... This was so like this one. Um... It's probably like the most traditional track on the album. I want to say like it's the one that's like, bad metal, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like it actually has a little bit of lyrics, a little bit of typical song structure, but I don't even say it's. And what is this one about? That is a good question. That's a good question. I couldn't. I couldn't really figure out what it was doing there. Me, me either. I'm like, is, are we in Israel? Are we serving? What's that? What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, is this Judith cutting the head off or whatever? Is this? So like, you don't know. Of standard like tracks, the tracks is probably the best one on the album. And so like, this is probably the one I was easy like, oh okay. And like, blood was the other one, but I mean, I don't. These aren't meant to be. I don't think this album is meant to be an enjoyable experience in the sense of like, hey, I'm gonna pull this album and just go for a ride. Yeah, for me, it's one of the weaker ones on the album, um, precisely because it doesn't really hit as hard as some of the other ones, mm-hmm. um, and because like the thing it's trying to evoke is not. I, I think the message is not as clearly uh, brought across. Because you can do it with the title and you can do it with the, the atmospherics, which I think they do really wonderfully on a number of the tracks, but not on this one. Uh, king of King of Kings. <laughs> that name. So, like, I hear King of Kings and my mind immediately goes to that shitty ass gospel song. And I wonder if this is like a turn on its head. Oh, Bibleism. And, and Old Testament talks this way. Yeah. You truly are the king of... Okay, now I'm just being Charlton Heston. But the point <laughs> is... The, po- the point is... Yeah, I mean, and that's also the core of the disagreement, not to get theological, but... And the source, I think, of a much of the anxiety Christian communities felt about Jews because their existence was a continual reminder that they might be wrong. Like, that refusal to accept. Like, prophecy has now been fulfilled. And they're like, nope. And so, you know, literally doctrine of the church from like Augustine on with this idea of witness theory was based on at the rapture, they had to still be alive to witness their errors. So you shouldn't kill them. You could heap scorn upon them and should. You could discriminate against them, but you shouldn't kill them. So at the end, you could be like, in your face and like spike the ball. Like there's just this enormous amount of pathos and insecurity to me in that relationship and the majority of community took all that out on. And that says, I want to say uh, literally nothing about Jews themselves and a lot about the majority community, but the former paid, but that's the, that's the crux of the problem. I mean, yeah. And it's also like this um, uh, impulse to look at Jews as unchanging over time 100%. and like just stubbornly unwilling to yes. accept what what um, Christians thought was the truth, um, instead of just being like, okay, these are people like us, you know, who just believe something different. As, um, as you know well, they were sad. Like Luther's, like obviously they didn't convert to that religion. I mean, who would? It sucked. But now they're gonna come around, and of course they don't. They're like, I don't want to argue with you about the wafer because I don't believe in Jesus. Period. And he was enraged. I mean, you know, Luther like became unhinged on this question, uh, precisely because of this perception that, like, why were they? Why will they not give this stupidity up and embrace the truth? 
Um, so yes, lots of layers of uh, Bible in all senses of that word coming at you, Tracy. You oh, truly it has, it has great riffs. It does. I like oh. this. This is one of the songs I really like. Like I, uh, I'm not like Tracy. I like blood's pretty cool. I I do like when it's a little more accessible, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to take the ride for all of these. But yeah, it's got some kick-ass riffs in it. Uh, Kielsa, which I think this might be the most unsettling song. I know, and it fucking should be because it's about a pogrom in modern times. I assume. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should let Gabe talk first on this. Yeah, I mean. This uh, this track is evoking the deadliest pogrom against Polish Jews that happened just after World War II. Indeed. Um, and in terms of the music, I mean, this is like a very dirgy black and doom metal. Like it's sort of like it, it's portal, but not as noisy, and it just creates this enormous atmosphere. Um, uh, and you have like and it's, a, it's an enormous and oppressive atmosphere. And you have like these ethereal screams in the background the entire time. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is a community, obviously, kind of like Trail of, yeah, Trail of Libels. It's just this absurd, and Judenstein, absurd repetitiveness. Insofar as, you know, this community, it was 20 some percent of the population in the late 19th. It was over a third of the, of the city by 1940. I mean, about 35% of that community was Jewish, as a lot of Poland was. Um, they were a big part of the urban population. And, you know, they get mauled when the Germans enter. Most of them are fucking murdered in Treblinka. I mean, this community is destroyed, like a lot of Polish Jewry, but not entirely, of course. I mean, there were people who had either been in Gulag or had managed to go underground or had joined the partisans. Uh, and that that small number of survivors, which is small compared to some of these communities, I mean, my God, what was done to Polish Jewry. I mean, it's the core of the Holocaust. But, you know, hundreds of them head back to this community and get attacked by their fucking neighbors, their Gentile neighbors who are living in their homes and are not happy to see them. I mean, what a disaster. There was already pun intended or bad like so much bad blood in terms of how persecution had fallen in different directions. The Germans have actively like fostered that kind of resentment against um, Jews and had deliberately used large numbers of Jews in the security police after 45. Like the Soviet state that's getting imposed is dividing and ruling these minorities in a new configuration that is getting people fucking killed. And so, yeah, this is this horrifying riot where over 200 of them are murdered by their former and about to be once again neighbors and you know it's not the sole reason there's an exodus to israel but it is a big part of it i mean that what was already a, a, a large amount of a large flow becomes like a tidal wave of people bailing to the point that now you know i haven't looked at them in a long time but this is a, a country that had over three million jews in it and now it's you know under twenty thousand in the whole fucking country I mean, that's a, uh, anyway, not to dwell on that, but obviously this is the place he's taking us, right? Like this is here, here it's happening all over again. Uh, after the Nazis have been defeated, they're not even in Poland anymore. Yeah. What What is really interesting too about this record is that it really is not about the Holocaust. It's not. It's like, I agree. It's, it totally kind of moves around it. On purpose. Um, yes. On purpose. Um. I thought that too, because in some ways it's the obvious go-to, and they don't. They don't need to. But for and that, it's no less It's no less horrifying. Oh, my God, yes. Well, it's the thing that's at the center in some ways, whether you admit it or not. But again, I, in the same way that, you know, when I teach the history of Germany and the German Jewish community, I'm very clear that it is not an antechamber to the fucking Holocaust. But this in some ways makes that argument in an almost even darker way, like, like, Let's not flatter ourselves. Like this is how it has, with the repetitiveness of track four, this is how it's happened. Like a metronome. Well, I mean, not to be not to be super like I don't know, either philosophical or like cynical about it, but like the Jewish view of history or like the theological mm -hmm. or Jewish view of history is not uh, linear. It's circular, Indeed. right? Or it's so um, or cyclical rather, not circular. Um, so I guess you could say like you know the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or like, in order to understand this history, you know, Jews like look back to like their history as a religious group. They don't necessarily, um, you know, use 
methods that historians would use, right? For sure. Um, so that is like, in in a certain way, it's like they're that album is like trying to conjure that up in a certain way, like that sure. historical view. I think it does. Remember, I like that. This is the one with his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. That I know I say this a lot. I wish it had been elsewhere. I don't know. I I don't know how you would have used it given the ugliness of a lot of these songs. But yeah, yeah. I felt it was somewhat out, out of place. But I think the um, the vocals are really a nice change from yeah. the vocals that you get treated to on here. <laughs> no, maybe that's it. Like it was a moment where I was like, oh, I can breathe for a second, one second. But but I think that it it works to the extent that like the imperative of remembering or like the idea that yeah. you should remember it's like you have to step outside of all of this um you know retelling of horrors to actually like do do that indeed yeah you know that's a culture most of those communities emphasize memory well before 1945 you know the idea of community memory I mean, that's what happens when you aren't the default and you aren't the state. You have to preserve what you are in different ways. They're not getting fucking Ludwig statues or what, like Bavaria, Bavaria's Bavarianness is well preserved for posterity. As is Catholicness, no matter how few of them go to church, that place is Catholic as fuck. Just the the amount of bells, the amount of bells, y'all. 2 a.m., 10 a.m. Like, why don't you in church? Those bells are going off. You're like, Jesus. It's how you can tell instantly you're not in Protestant Europe. Anyway, um, you know, memory culture, it's it's such a complicated thing. And the Rainsburg Jewish community, like the Berlin one, is in a really ugly spot now where you have the small number of people who are linked to the Jewish community that's older and ones that are sort of an arc from the 70s forward from the former Soviet Union who right. are the major majority like in Berlin that that divide which I know you've I'm sure heard about spoken to people about in Berlin game is replicated itself in Regensburg it, it was a much smaller yeah community. that has just built its own sin in some ways it's resurgent they have a synagogue again god damn it it's like the third time they've had to start over but they've done it and but there's you know it's not in the same way they are not unchanging or timeless it is not homogenous yeah it's a it's a weird uh i mean it's weird but that is also another discussion for another podcast sure. in the sense that like the jewish community does include these like older like mm. you know Jews with with German roots, and then yes. uh, a majority of these, you know, Soviet-born or somehow Russian mm -hmm. um, or Russian-speaking Jews, not all of whom are Russian anyway. But anyway, yeah, indeed, um, some of whom aren't actually Jews. Some of some of allegedly. whom some of whom some people would not consider Jews. Precisely. Again, um, another podcast. Leo Frank. What did you think of this as a closer, Tracy? Like it kind of got close to as in terms of like um Kiosa? Did I say it right? Yeah. In terms Kiosa. of like sound. But when then I Googled it and I looked at it, I was like, oh, oh fuck. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> because I mean it it definitely suits the mood and atmosphere that he went for in this album. But it's, this one is very funeral dirgy. Mm -hmm. I think that's on purpose. I mean, I know that's on purpose. That's what they were going for. It's a almost it's, I don't want to compare them, but it reminds me a bit of like Emmett Till and the sense of, of like Leo Frank, the scenario there. Which I think is kind of what just a horror show of it all. Because this is, because the battle, Leo Frank was American, right? And mm -hmm. so. Which is also interesting because, um, you know, the majority of this stuff seems to be circulating around the Central and East mm -hmm. European Jews. Um, and Leo Frank was identified as foreign and Jewish. Um, you know, uh, very publicly, even though he was American. 
Mm-hmm. As there's other, there's also the north-south dynamic going on here. You know, he was perceived as sort of an interloper from the north. So if anybody doesn't style, know who Leo Frank was, he was he was accused of murdering a, a young woman. Indeed, thirteen-year-old. And most and, likely, he was falsely accused, and then he indeed. was lynched. After they commuted his fucking death sentence, they that's the worst his, thing. The governor like, commuted his sentence, and then they lynched him. That's pretty yeah. usual. Fucking Georgia. Sorry, I love you, Georgia, but goddamn, in terms of this culture of extrajudicial violence, I mean, it's the epicenter, and not just for black people. As this reminds right. you, he was born in Texas, but a, a Jewish family, and admittedly grew up in New York. And yeah, it's a complete fucking disaster. Very much in keeping with that era, but, uh, you know. Is a reminder, much like studying the Second Clan, is that anti-Semitism is also a bedrock of not just Southern life, but American life. All that shit came with those people. Those people being the Goya, yeah. the, the Gentiles who left Germany, France, Britain, Poland, Russia, did not become less anti-Semitic magically when they moved to the United States. Indeed, new forms of anti-Semitism were added when, like, nativists made the argument, Gabe's highlighting, of, like, oh, they're foreign. I mean, they said that about everyone they hated, but these roots go deep. Catholic doctrine until 19-fucking-61-2 was that all Jews collectively were responsible for Christ's murder. That is just, like, official what it says on the letterhead. And John 23rd was like, I guess it's not, I guess you're not all collectively responsible, which is, like, a bit of a walk back, but not much. But that happened in the 60s. 1960s which is yeah you know a few centuries decades past yeah just just a few (laughs) (laughs) and anyway i sorry this is not the time to yell at the catholic church because that's not what this is about exactly well i mean it 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 kind of circles back to like my original um inspiration for doing this which is that like you know as organized religion is responsible for some very great things um but i think also some of the most um horrifying things historically um one of which is just this like you know massive you know hatred and chauvinistic sort of feelings against uh other organized religions and especially the uh, one that birthed them the idea that you know exclusion equals survival Mm. you know um, but anyway, I think that this last track it does feel a lot like Hilsa, but um, it's kind of uh, it's not as layered or complex mm. to me. It's just a lot of dreadful empty space, which may be the point, but um, I don't know if it works as well. Um, what I do think is cool though is that I think that it points to the story and. A lot more, a lot more people should know about it. Yeah, I feel it might be a bridge too far, as I often say, in terms of how much it's asking of us. But we're talking about him. All twelve of our listeners, yeah, from Estonia to Japan, (laughs) will now, now, will now Google him and know we're mission accomplished, Mister Mister Juice. Well done. If anybody listens to this because we told them they should, that's a win. Yep. You should listen to this. They have to find it. That's part of the challenge. That's, you know, it's like a club you have to, like, find in the warehouse district. There's no signage. But if you find it. So should should we we... say which cracks you liked? Yeah. I think we sort of did that. But once you hit us with summary, because we obviously there was a lot in between them. Yeah. Of discussion. What do you think? I see. So uh, that I liked and like so musically that I liked and sort of like want to hear again with maybe Blood and Army Girl. Now tracks that I feel like literally stepped on my nuts and squished them is like you're gonna you're gonna hate this and this is painful, but it's painful for a purpose and it's lives up to its point. Like I think their Judenstein. Uh, Kiosa and the Battle of Leo Frank were three tracks that really mm-hmm. just put, put, it, put you through its paces. I think it's that's just think a way to consider it. Ben says take the ride. I think 
tracks. Honestly, take the ride. Listen to this as an entire album. That's what he says. Yeah, I would uh, definitely jump in with Tracy and say Der Judenstein and Kilsa um, are really hard hitting. I would say also Blood, Serpent Seed, and King of King of Kings. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Uh, uh, I like all those tracks. I like to remember it sounds like a little bit more than Gabe. I think Kielce is the best of those three hyper-difficult songs. But, you know, uh, in the, the totality of I Agree With Ben, you might as well just do this thing. And this was one of the shorter ones, right? How long was this? This came in at an hour. 59 minutes and 8 seconds. So it was yeah, the second shortest short... album of the night. <laughs> Indeed. We had some long albums this time. We did. We had two weeks worth, though. I think that, that helped a little bit. Actually, even if it was accidentally helped. Yeah. So uh, let's grade it, I guess. Yeah. Let's do it. Good game. So I'm going to give this a B plus. Um, I think that um, I think they really get the vibe that they're going for. It's an experiment that shows an enormous amount of creativity and, and reflection. Um it doesn't hold together really cohesively. There's a lot of different ideas. The unifying theme is anti-Semitism, yes, um, but it doesn't fit together because they're really approaching it from a lot of different um, historical points. Not that they should have focused on a, a period or something like that, but I don't know that it hangs together because there are so many excursions into like different metal styles too. Um, I don't know if it would have worked, for example, as an entire album of Black and Doom, but I think they could have been a little bit more. It is a concept album, so it could have hung together a little bit better. Um, but that said, it's a really amazing thing that they did, um, and I would I would recommend it. Ben is in full agreement. He would give it a B plus. Also, I. On the one hand, think it's messaging and content is incredibly important. I think it, and as a vibe, as you say, uh, it achieves its objectives. Uh, it's very thoughtful. Um, on the minus side, as you noted, it doesn't, there's so many ideas in here, it doesn't necessarily co always cohere very well. I think the production is also, I don't know, I think some of that's choice, some of that's budget, but it was a bit tinny and grating at times. And that was maybe a stylistic choice by him on purpose, but you know how, how I am about production. Uh, and, you know, Judenstein, Kielza, and Leo Frank, it's asking a lot of your listener. So all that being said, that takes me to a B. So not a whole lot lower than the two of you, but um, and it's, I would give it a B and I would definitely say, I would definitely say people should check this out. I'll give it a high B. I'm going to give it an A6. So this one, it's, this one's difficult for me to grade because when you go, when we talked about portal, like there's a grade of what it wants to invoke versus what their goal is and kind of sense are with portal was, did they achieve their goal? Like were they intentionally hard to listen to? And it wasn't enjoyable to listen to. Like on an enjoyable to listen to grade scale, this thing's like a D, D minus. I get for that. Me. But on a like intention level, I'm like, I can separate this one between this and Portal because Portal is just difficult because they want to be difficult to listen to. Well, this one's kind of has a purpose behind it and kind of wants to mm. hit you in the chest with emotions outside of like based around important aspects in anti-Semitism and and so like on that like i think it deserves like a, a b plus so i'm going to kind of thread the needle here and i'm going to come in at a b minus and just kind of like listenability in terms of like hey check it out you might like it no uh, in terms of like need to hear it and like it's something that really puts in two for some perspective and introspection as you as a person need to listen to yes yes and there will be people who like this there are people for whom ministry is tame and yeah. uh, are far more conceptual than i so i think you should check it out you should find it um okay. but ben says he would buy it i would buy this i feel like i should buy this um mm -hmm. so ben and i would i did he did he done did it <laughs> um we may need to buy it for tracy you may need to buy it i know 
he's torn. He's like, do I want this? And I know, like, I'm, it, it, I know morally a, I should. But it's morally I should, but I feel like I'm, I'm buying a textbook. It's kind of more, do I want to buy a book or do I want to... This we see about books. No, nothing, Tracy. <laughs> so she's like, no, I'm anti-book now. That's fair. Uh, What's that give us? Uh, probably, probably be... And it gives us a B average. At 86. I was going to say, yeah, B. Ah, I'm right at the average. I win the horse or whatever we're giving go. away. I want to win that car. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, well, thank you for sharing this with us, Gabe. Sorry, it was a bit challenging to get and to emotionally deal with. But I mean, that was sort of, I mean, it's sort of the point, I guess. They 100%. They, they, they did it. They did, we did it, guys. We did, we did it, guys. Indeed. Nailed it. Like, Nailed it. Yeah, if we're giving an award for like intention to hurt you and success at hurting you, bullseye. Dude, yeah, they achieved all this one. Yahtzee. Yeah. Anyway, they nailed Yahtzee. it. Yahtzee. <laughs> you did it. Man. Um, speaking of doing it, what are we doing next time, Twacy? He doesn't even know. I'm just kidding. The spreadsheet does, though. We had to arrange some things here on Thunder on Metal Reviews. So, and this is where we need Ben in for this discussion. Of, oh, we, no. And we can leave it a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. It's either going to be yeah, just say what, the what, take what, for what February, thing. or it's going to be it's going to be Ben's pick for January, or it's going to be Dealer's pick, and it'll be Ben's pick and Power Trip Monster Magnet. One of the something, something Ben. Well, that's good yeah. enough. That tells them something. That means something it's, big and it's something not, Ben. It's not yeah. going to be in a cavern. That's probably not going to be another Slayer record. That'd it's be like probably Slayer not going to be Jazz. Probably um, not going to be yeah. Jazz Fusion or whatever Tracy is trying to do. To it's us. probably going to be from the 80s, but it's like, you know, closer to on the Slayer end of things rather than the gated drums. Um, just have a guess, heard, though. Have you heard Monster Magnet? I haven't. No. Oh, you not, oh okay. I'm not going to spoil it then. You're in for <laughs> an experience. It's only assuming. I'd say it's almost more 70s, but anyway, you'll see. Indeed. But tune in here next time for something less conceptual than this one. Fuck you, St. Augustine. <laughs> On Thunderdome Metal. Hey, you guys. <laughs>